What is up, guys? It is the Blue Bloods here, and we got breaking news on the show today. Gary Patterson and TCU have mutually agreed to part ways after over 20-plus seasons with the program. And uh, this comes as shocking news. I mean, no one thought Gary Patterson would be on his way out of TCU this season. And after a slow start to the 2021 season, the program and Patterson both agreed that it would be best to mutually part ways. The statement um, from AD Jeremiah uh, Dante said that, quote, the story of Gary Patterson and the rise in the fortunes of the TCU football program over the last 20 years is clearly one of the most remarkable in the history of college football. We are grateful to Gary and Kelsey Patterson and appreciate everything they have meant to TCU and the Fort Worth community. The chancellor and I have met with Coach Patterson today and mutually agree that our time has come for a new voice and leadership in our football program. So some of the key factors before we kind of break down what this means for TCU, Patterson, and college football is one, TCU did offer Patterson the chance to stay on the coaching staff until the end of the 2021 season. But Patterson did decline the offer and decided to leave the program immediately, which means assistant coach Jerry uh, Jerry Krill will be the interim head coach for the rest of the 2021 season. And according to sources at CBS Sports, the coaching change was brought on to the fact because TCU wanted to get a head start on their coaching search. They view this offseason as going to be one of the most competitive in a long time with LSU, USC, Texas Tech, Washington State, all have big-time openings in college football right now. They didn't want to be behind that. And really and truly, the Texas Tech decision to fire Matt Wells at this point in the season really sped up the timeline at TCU to get a head start on their in-state rival and try to get some of these names that really and truly TCU and Texas Tech both would probably be going after. So that's the latest. That's all the breaking news as of right now. But now we got to get into what this means. So one, what went wrong down the stretch for Gary Patterson during his time at TCU? But we want to go through the positives first, man. His time just seemed to expire. Like he's been there for over 20 seasons and he's still going to go down as the winningest coach in school history. And, and currently up until this, up until yesterday was the winning, was, was the second longest tenured head coach in college football, only behind Kirk Ferentz at Iowa. And will be remembered as one of the masterminds in developing the four, two, five defense, which we see dominate college football today. All the teams, a lot of the teams of the country run some form of this defense at times. So, he went 181 and 79 with a 113 and 59 conference record at TCU over 22 seasons, including his interim gig as the head coach in the Mobile Alabama Bowl in 2000. He also served as a defensive coordinator at TCU from 1998 to 2000 and was the head coach at TCU, guys, through from the WAC to the CUSA to the Mountain West, ultimately until they joined the Big 12 uh, later in, later down the line. So he went through four conference re, you know, changes with, with the Horn Frogs, which shows what type of impact he really had on this program. 
you look at what he did, man. Six conference titles over his career, one in the CUSA, four in the Mountain West, and one in the Big 12. And he was the National Coach of the Year in 2014 while being a multiple-time Coach of the Year in both the Big 12 and the Mountain West. I mean, and when you look back on the positives, man, his best season was this, was that 13-0 season with a huge win over Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl, finished the season ranked number two in the AP poll to end the season. It was an impressive feat due to the fact that TCU was in that Mountain West Conference. That is the season that he is going to remember most for, and also getting TCU into the Power Five, into the Big 12, was also a huge step forward for this program. But since 2017, this is where we get into what went wrong, the Horn Frogs have, you know, the 2017 season, they won 11 games, made a top 10 push. But since then, TCU has not had a season over seven wins, has not made a significant Big 12 title run. And that includes this year being one and four in the Big 12, three and five overall through eight games, which culminated this weekend in a 31 to 12 loss to Kansas State, in which there was a, you know, semi fight on the sideline. And it was kind of, it really and truly was not a great look for either team. So TCU, I think, was just was like, man, we've been with this guy for over 20 years. It's time for a change. There's a bunch of young, great candidates on the market. I think it's time to make a change. And when Texas Tech made their move, TCU knew they had to move their chess piece to give them a shot at one of the best young coaches out there right now because they're going to be fighting a lot of these top teams for some of these guys. But when you're saying, who are these guys, though? So the top candidates right now, you know, it's still early. This just happened, you know, late last night. The top candidates right now, I'm going to give you all three names that have already been linked. Two are confirmed that these are the top two guys on TCU's board by CBS Sports, by the 247 site for TCU. Then the other one's an underrated prospect that I've heard and that I think would be a great op- that that would be a great move for TCU to make. So, first off, the leader in the clubhouse for TCU, according to all reports, is Sonny Dykes at SMU, the SMU head coach right now. A 70-60 overall record. He was 29. He's been 29 and 15 at SMU over five seasons, 19 and 30 at Cal over four seasons, and 22 and 15 at Louisiana Tech in three seasons. But when you look at why Dykes would be the guy for this job, he's really turned SMU into a real AAC contender in his short time as a head coach, including a 10-win season in only his second season, and currently has the Mustangs you know, fighting for that top 25 spot with a chance to win the AAC this season with only one loss thus far. So right now, SMU is in a great spot. And also, SMU has two consecutive wins over TCU and Gary Patterson's team. But the number one selling point for Dykes is that he has the Texas roots that TCU wants in a head coach. He has strong recruiting ties in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And he also has shown major success in the transfer portal, which is something TCU reportedly wants due to the transfer portal becoming such a big deal in college football and them knowing that their success in the transfer portal could be linked for them winning the Big 12 because right now they're probably not going to out-recruit in Oklahoma or Texas, but landing those high-impact transfer kids is the number one thing. And you're seeing what 
SMU is doing with an Oklahoma transfer quarterback right now in which he's leading the country and passing right now. And that's really been the main key to SMU being one of the top 25 teams in the country coming into this weekend. So for me, Sonny Dykes is going to be the guy to look for as one of the leaders for this TCU opening. The other name you really need to look for, these are the top two guys, is Jeff Trailer, University of Texas at San Antonio head coach, 15-5 um, and five overall record. He's 9-2 and two in the CUSA in, in terms of conference games over his two seasons at UTSA. And if you're looking for Texas connections, then Trailer is your guy. He led Gilmer High School to multiple state titles and is an East Texas legend. He's turned UTSA into a real contender in just two seasons. And right now, guys, the Roadrunners find themselves undefeated, ranked number 16 in the country right now. It's one of the Cinderella stories in college football. And that's, that's not even where his Texas roots end. He also served as a Texas tight end coach from 2015 to 2016 and won the Big 12 Recruiter of the Year Award in 2016 while also serving as a running back coach for SMU and for Arkansas in his career. The only question about Trailer really is that he just signed a big extension with UTSA. So he comes with a $7.5 million buyout since he's under contract till 2031. So the question is, one, would he already have a change of heart and want to come to TCU? And two, would TCU be willing to pay that high of a buyout? But for a guy who's won 15 of his 20 total games at UTSA, the the interest is there for, for TCU. And apparently these two guys are the top guys. The other long shot name before I get to my dark horse is Billy Napier, Louisiana Lafayette head coach. I mentioned him on our LSU episode. But LSU's having a lot of reservations of him not having big-time SEC head coaching experience, big-time Power 5 experience. So Napier could cut his teeth at a TCU. He's 35-12 and 12, you know, it, right now at ULL. He's 24-5 and five in the Sun Belt over his four seasons. And, yes, he's going to be a stretch because he's going to be a head coaching candidate for every single Power 5 job that comes available in that region, that southern region. But many reports for TCU, according to everybody, is that TCU is at least going to give him a chance. He, he might deny it like he supposedly denied Auburn. He supposedly denied South Carolina. They're at least going to call to express their interest in the 42-year-old at Louisiana Lafayette. But the number one thing he brings, guys, is a winning culture. He's been in winning cultures his entire career, and he's shown he can build his own as, as he's done with the Raging Cajun program, man. He's won and made the, the Sun Belt Conference Championship game every single year at ULL. So he's either won it or at least appeared in it or had a chance to win it. And he's won two consecutive bowl games. And right now, ULL is 17-2 and two over the last two seasons. He has a significant experience on Nick Saban's staff as a wide receiving coach and assistant, along with Major Tom at Clemson as well, and was named the Sun Belt Coach of the Year in 2019. Billy Napier, if, if TCU can pull this off, it would be an A++++ plus higher. I mean, it would it would have to be one of the hires of the year because what can what Napier can do recruiting the state of Texas, recruiting the state of Louisiana, having all the ties he does to Alabama and Georgia from his times in those in those parts of, of the South, 
he could do major things at TCU and what he brings with the culture, with the staff connections he has. Billy Napier would be a solid hire. But right now, just based on everything else, Trailer and Dykes are probably going to be your top two guys. And then the other name that's been whispered about that a lot of people are probably going to overlook, so I want to give you all a realistic look at this, is Dan Lanning. Georgia defensive coordinator. He's been, he'd be a first-time head coaching candidate, but he's arguably right now a, probably a top one, probably a top two or three defensive coordinator in the country, right up there with like a Brent Venables or someone like that. But Lanning may be, I would say, one of the most under the radar head coaching candidates of the coaching cycle. But this is his first time his name has popped up in this upcoming cycle. Because listen, this is why I think he'd be a great candidate, guys. TCU took a chance and hired a young D.C. with no head coaching experience about 20 years ago, and it worked out just fine because his name was Gary Patterson. So don't count out the 35-year-old from Georgia right now in this race for this opening. He was a candidate for the Kansas job or, you know, last recruiting cycle or last coaching cycle when Kansas had to fire Les Miles unexpectedly in the middle of spring. You know, they ended up going a different direction. But this guy has all the experience in the world, man. It was on the 2015 National Championship staff at Alabama. Spent some time on Mike Norvell's staff on Memphis. Was And then was tired as the outside linebacking coach at Georgia under Mel Tucker when he was the D coordinator. And when Tucker left for Colorado State, that's when Lanny was promoted to D.C. And currently has the Bulldogs ranked number one in the country right now, allowing only 6.6 points per game and 226 yards per game, which also is a top-ranked defense in the country. He's flexed his muscle on one of the most successful recruiting staffs in the country in Athens. And his mindset, his, his connections, his recruiting, everything would be exactly what TCU was looking for in a head coach, and he'd be a youthful rejuvenation for, for this program. So for me, this would be a great hire for TCU if you're looking for a first-year head coach to come in and really replace a legend in Gary Patterson. So look for Lanning to be one, maybe one of these under-the-radar guys that you're going to hear his name mentioned in the coming weeks. Now, the other thing, what is the impact on recruiting? Because that's always the biggest question with early signing day, with the transfer portal, all that. Well, Jeremy Clark at the Horn Frog Blitz, their 247 site, has reached out to the 11 commits of this recruiting class but and has reported that almost all of them were just absolutely shocked with this decision and are going to take some time to think things over, but no major decisions have been made yet. But I expect a lot of changes to come, and especially depending on who the next head coach is for the Horned Frogs, that's going to determine a lot too. But you're looking at this class right now, it's like top 45 in the country, but you have three main guys that you're going to want to keep. Matthew Golden, a top 300 player, one of the top 50 D tackles out of Houston. It, he's going to be a guy you really want because he was going to be coming in, anchoring that defensive line for a defensive-minded program. So Matthew Golden's a huge target you want to keep. Also, DJ Allen, a top 200 player, a top 25 wide receiver out of Gladewater, Texas, is another guy you want to keep. The, the Horn Frogs are losing some major pieces on this team, and DJ Allen was a big freshman that was expected to come in and contribute immediately. Keeping these guys in the class would be huge. And also, Jalen, uh, I believe it's Gillaboo, 
163rd overall player, a top 20 cornerback out of Port Arthur, Texas. These three guys are the fabric and nucleus of this class. TCU is going to want to keep them. So I would imagine they're looking to keep these guys at least interested until they can figure out the head coaching position. But look at these three guys. It's the number, it's the number, I guess, number one priority for TCU moving forward to keep them in the class. Now, what are the expectations? So, man, you know, it's going to be tough. Right now, let's say the Horn Frogs are sitting at three and five, one and four in the Big 12. They're on a three-game losing streak and have lost five of the last six games, which means Jerry Krill is going to have a tough time moving forward. You have number 14 Baylor this weekend, traveled to number 11 Oklahoma State the week after. Then they got Kansas in a, in a tough road game against Iowa State to end the season. Overall, for me, I think worst case should probably be one and three over these last four for the Horned Frogs. They should be able to overcome Kansas just based on pure talent. But the best case would really be three and one for me. I can't see them winning out. But if they can pull an upset over one of those top 10, top 15 teams they play, that would be huge. Also, getting a big road win over Iowa State would be big. But I think right now, two and two is definitely doable. You, you probably lose these next two weeks. If you can rebound against Kansas and Iowa State, that would be a solid end of your year. But if you can go three and one and find a way to get to a bowl game, that would be best case scenario for the Horn Frogs. But guys, I will keep all updated on this coaching search and any breaking news that I hear about it, I will let y'all know right here on the Blue Bloods. So if you're new, smash the subscribe button, like the video, comment your thoughts on Gary Patterson and TCU agreeing to part ways. Comment below on who you think they should hire, uh, any candidates I mentioned, what you think of them, and just your overall takeaways of this breaking news, man. I hope you all have a great Monday afternoon. Appreciate you all tuning in. But right now, man, for the Blue Bloods, I am out. Mm -hmm.